our great God, this morning, we are so thankful that your son, Jesus, came, that he lived. That living under the law, he fulfilled the weight of the law. That he died. It was a sacrifice for the sins of humanity. That he was raised from the dead and that he lives and reigns over all things today. Lord, I thank you that every single person in this room is here today. We believe that our world is governed by you and there are no accidents. So, Lord, we're thankful to be in this place with your people today. And, Lord, we pray that your spirit, who is real, who is present, who moves, would move on each of us. Find great hope and faith and salvation in Jesus. Please, God, please, would you work today? Some of us have never considered Jesus. Would you open our eyes and bring not only knowledge, but healing and redemption today. Some of us know the story. Maybe even have warm fuzzies about the story. But would you move us to truly trust and follow? And serve King Jesus today? Some of us are trapped in our sin. And being trapped in our sin, we feel shame. And we feel prone to pull away. But today, would you convince us that Christ died for our sin? And that Christ has come to redeem us from our sin and that Christ is able to accomplish all things even through broken sinful people. In short, Lord, we all need you whether we know it or not and whether we can put it in words or not. So, Lord, would you just hear this prayer? Help us, oh God. Help us. We do ask all this in the name of Jesus. Friends, it's so good to see you all this morning. If you're a guest with us today, as Austin said earlier, thank you so much for being here. We're so thankful um, that you are with us today. Here's what we're doing on Christmas Eve. We're telling the story of Jesus. And here's the thing. What you've heard today, read what we've sung about, 
It's true. It's true. The Son of God took on human flesh and was born to a virgin woman named Mary in a town called Bethlehem along with a husband of Mary named Joseph. And in this birth story is wrapped the hope of the world. Is wrapped the hope that moves us all forward. And so my job in the next few minutes, with a brevity unknown to me, is to lead us to think about what are, what are we supposed to do with this story? What are we supposed to do with this story? So this Jesus who was born would, would live a little over 30 years and at the end of his life, he would die on a cross condemned both by the Jews and the Romans. He would rise again. In rising again from the dead, He would appear to His followers, revealing Himself as alive, revealing Himself as victor over the grave. And then a few years later, he would reveal himself to one of his biggest enemies, a man named Paul. Time he went by Saul and Saul was about persecuting the followers of Jesus. And Jesus revealed himself to Paul and taught Paul um, the truth about himself. And what we have in Galatians 4, this passage that, man, if you can see that, you got some mighty eyes. Or you're on the front row, but... But in this passage that's on the screen, there are Bibles in the chairs underneath if you have less than mighty eyes. And, um, but in this passage, Paul, inspired by the Spirit of God, is, is helping us think biblically and accurately about the coming of Christ. And so Paul begins this way in, in verse 4, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law. So, so what are we talking about here? We're talking about the coming of God's Son who was born to a woman. This is what Paul's talking about. So Paul is in the flow of an argument in the book of Galatians, which is a little broader than our time for today. But Paul is making the point that Jesus, the Son of God, became man at just the right time to accomplish exactly what God intended. Jesus became man at just the right time to accomplish exactly what God intended. And so this morning, let's just walk through this and and answer this question why did jesus come when he came why did jesus come when he came 
So Paul's talking about a birth and a baby. He's talking about Jesus. He's not talking about metaphor. He's not talking about a fun story. He's talking about a birth and a baby. He's talking about what we've been considering today. And here's what he tells us about this birth. Number one, it was a real birth. Jesus was born of a woman. So so Jesus really did take on human flesh. He really did take on all of the vulnerability and brokenness and hardship of a fallen world. I was at a dinner party on Friday evening and a family had their two-week-old there. And and so this two-week-old is just in the carrier sleeping. And I kind of just paused and looked down and I just thought, baby, baby. And I thought about this sermon and I thought they, they... The Son of God, the King of the universe, took on that form for a purpose. What was the purpose? Verse 5 tells us, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Now I want you to hear this. This isn't pastoral spiritualizing. The Scripture says Jesus came to redeem fallen people. Jesus came to redeem is a word that means to to purchase the freedom of. Jesus came to purchase the freedom of those who were held captive under the law. And the purpose of the redeeming was to call the captives sons. To call the enemies children. To call those who were far off the children of God. Jesus came to bring spiritual deliverance, eternal life, eternal hope, and a place in the family of God, He came to purchase that blessing. He came to do that. And now what this conveys to us is we couldn't redeem ourselves. That's what it conveys. It conveys that Jesus came to do something for His people that His people could never do for themselves. And so, I would hope that this Christmas Eve, as we reflect on the coming of Christ to a manger, in a stall, in a stable, in Bethlehem, we would reflect on God's Son came to do for God's people that which they could never do for themselves. 
And some of you who are very familiar with church are like, yeah, we know, we know. Man, every time rule following and rules pop up, we think, I got this, right? I got this. Every time we watch the news and we compare ourselves to those heathen out yonder, we think we're superior. We live in the Bible Belt and have Bibles and go to churches multiple days a week. We are better. I said it in a way that you probably don't say it, but you feel it. And you think it. And this says, the only reason you're any different is because Christ redeemed you. Now let's look at some of the good news of this redemption. So he says, Christ came to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Now, this might blow your mind, but if you were to go home on this Christmas Eve and do a deep linguistic word study of the word adoption, do you know what you're going to find it means? It means adopted. It means someone who was not a biological child is welcomed into a family as if they were a biological child. It means someone who was not a biological child is welcomed into a family, loved, nurtured, cared for, possessed forever as if they were the long-awaited son. And what this passage says is, if we're in Christ, we all are those adopted sons. Okay. Now, sons here is not about gender confusion. It's simply about the sons were those who inherited. So ladies, in this conversation, you want to be a son, okay? We'll just leave it in this conversation, okay? But in this conversation, adopted son means adopted heir. It means adopted inheritor of the kingdom. It means adopted inheritor of all the good things. So because you are sons then, verse 6, God has sent His Spirit into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And what this is saying is, God has sent His Spirit to stir and change who we are such that we are able to respond to God relationally. That we're able to call upon Him as a Father. Those words of love and appreciation and comfort. Paul's saying that Jesus came so that slaves could be redeemed to be sons who are welcome to speak relationally to the Lord. I mean, would you... Would you go to work on Monday and sprint into the CEO's office and shout, Daddy! And wrap your arms around his neck? Okay, unless you work for Daddy. Okay, I see that hand. 
I also see you misbehaving, Matt. This is fun. It's a new day here at Redeemer. We wouldn't. Unless we work for daddy. So Paul's saying that Christ just didn't mechanically redeem us so that we could mechanically be moved from one silo to the other, like the outcast to the welcomed, but that Christ actually redeemed us so that we could function around the Lord as those who are relationally accepted by Him. Well, what does that mean? Verse 7, So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. So Paul's saying that that this coming was about the unfolding of God's plan to build a family of heirs who are loved by and known by and love and know the one true God and relate to Him accordingly. So, friends, what Paul is telling us is that Christ came so that we don't have to seek to earn God's love and favor through our law-keeping obedience. What Paul is telling us is that Christ came so that we no longer have to fear God, but can lean into His love. Christ came so that we no longer have to live and feel like the outcasts among God's people, but rather we can be welcomed to the family. Not only welcome to the family, but welcome prominently to the family. Now, this is important as we think about family Christmas celebrations here. How many of you at your in-laws end up stuck at the kids' table? You don't have to raise your hand because I want your marriage to be sound this week. But there's no kids' table in God's family. There's no unwelcome outcast table. Because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son to our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So this is what this means, is is if you're in Christ, meaning you have professed faith in Jesus as Savior, and you cling to Him as your Redeemer and your Lord and your hope, then what Paul is saying is, the Spirit of God is in you to help you relate appropriately to God and God's world which means you're not alone and you have a helper. I would encourage you to pray and ask the helper to work. If you are separated from God because you are separated from Christ, this is an invitation to a new way of relating to God. No longer must we relate through cleaning ourselves up and through obedience and through earning, attempting to earn God's blessing, but rather we get to relate as adopted, welcomed sons 
you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Now, some of you who love theology are like, oh, but Jamie, this is all so warm, but you skipped the first phrase. I did, so let's look at that now. Paul begins, but when the fullness of time had come. And what Paul is saying here is he sent Christ to redeem at exactly the right moment in the history of the world for the Messiah to be redeemed. Now that sounds good for us because we're like, yeah, he came. But there were thousands of years upon thousands of years upon thousands of years of God's people waiting for Christ to come. And Paul says, but that wasn't the fullness of time. This was. The world was uniquely ready for the coming of Christ. Which means that God is in such control of all things that He prepared the world for the coming of Christ knowing what would unfold into today. And so we live in light of the working of God that puts Jesus at the center of everything. It puts Jesus at the center of everything. Basically, Paul's telling us to read history as the center of the timeline is the coming of Christ. Jesus is the center of everything. So Christians, your work this Christmas is to ask the question, how do I make Jesus the center of everything? My thinking, my praying, my decision making, my working, my living, how do I make Jesus the center of everything? And if you're with us today and you're not a Christ follower, I would just plead with you to consider that, that having Jesus as the center of everything might be the recentering blessing that your soul has so long been searching for. So our Lord, we pray now that you would take these words which you've spoken and we pray you would work through them to accomplish great things. We pray this in Jesus' name.